I built up a, a following of about 355,000 followers. Early December, I believe it was, I made a fatal mistake. In retrospect, I've done nothing wrong. Oh, hi, I didn't see you there. Right. Yeah, I am the infamous Mr. Munderbar, um, but my friends can call me Bax. I sort of came onto LinkedIn a little bit, which felt like it's corporate, it's boring. Came back years later, saw that things had changed a little bit. After a conversation with my, with my partner, she just said, why are you going onto LinkedIn and trying to be, like trying to fit in? So I switched into some sort of corporate mode. And as soon as I stopped doing that, boom, attention, job offers. You could call it an interview, but it wasn't really a formal interview. It was just, we had a chat. It made it happen and it turned out, yeah, it turned out well. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm the digital director at Spectrum Group. Our mission in life is to unlock the potential of your people. And we do that by combining three things, hardware, software, and expertise. Welcome to the podcast. As usual, I was joined by John Vanoom and Neil Wells. I was also joined by a very, very special guest, Max Munderbar, who is the head of content and marketing at Spectrum Group. We talked about everything marketing and content. We talked about why Andy Warhol was right when he said that everybody will have their 15 minutes of fame. We talked about how Bax personally lost 300,000 followers overnight on his TikTok account. And we talked about why content marketing is now the only form of marketing that truly matters. As usual, if you're liking what we're doing, then please like, subscribe and share. And with all that said, welcome to Tomorrow's Workplace Today. So welcome to Bax Wunderbar. Are you, are you actually ready to go? Are you going? Yeah. Okay. Um, now. Yeah, sorry. No, go again. Sorry, I can't I can't help it. You know, <laughs> even from this side, I'm gonna be micromanaging You're the situation. Yeah, I can't help it. Love it. So um TikTok influencer, rock star, marketeer. I'm running out of terms. Backs, or on this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do you want to do your own intro? You do a better job than me. So introduce, introduce yourself. You that, was a, that was a really good. That was a really good intro, <laughs> actually. Um, first, I need to start by correcting you. Okay. So we don't call ourselves marketeers. <laughs> we're, we're marketers. So a marketeer would be um, someone who works in a market. Oh, uh, really? Like a yeah, r- running a store. Well, no, they're called market traders. Yeah. They're also, do you want to Google it? Do you want to get your, <laughs> no. someone want to fact check? Can we no. throw this up on the screen? Throw this up on the screen when, when or, or if you're listening, uh, Google it day. yourself. I'm sure, I'm sure you were marketeers. But Back in your day. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a while ago, that yeah. one. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I am the infamous Mr. Munderbar, mm. um, but my friends can call me Bax. As you say, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got a few followers on social media. Um, I, I'm a former rock star, actually. Former rock As you know, you came, yeah, you came to my final show. It was a good show, right? It was excellent. There was a really, lot of people. Really good. Yeah. Did you see? I was front row, wasn't You I? was, yeah. which was really cute. Uh, it, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it, I felt like it was like a proud dad moment for Steve. <laughs> yeah, was, and I was yeah. looking down like, uh, you see me, dad? <laughs> um, uh, content wizard, head of marketing at Spectrum, and just general badass and wildcard. Really? Awesome. Yeah. When you say you've got some followers, mm. quantify that for me. How many, how many have you got? A uh, couple of hundred thousand. Wow. Mm. On what platforms? Uh, TikTok and Instagram predominantly. And then I've got a, f- a few little stragglers on, on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. I did used to have more. Right. As you know. 
Well, well, I only found out a few minutes ago. So yeah, go, go on, tell us the story. So you have you only found out a few minutes ago? That you, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've not heard this story. Are you doing? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, no, I only found out two yeah. minutes ago. I thought I thought we'd been through this. No, no. You no. must know the story. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know the story. Go on. For me and the um, listeners. Okay. <sighs> See, this is gonna this is gonna throw my judgment into question, but basically, I discovered TikTok about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. When it was still, it was quite popular, but it was like <clears> relatively <throat> still like fresh. Like people were kind of discovering it, taking it seriously. TikTok formally, musically, which was for eight and nine year olds wanting yeah, to lip yeah. sync to songs. They're still on there doing that, but I'm there as well. So, um, so I'd built up a, a following of about 355,000 followers. Things were going great. I was loving life. I, you know, I was getting ready to just quit this whole marketing thing and just become mm. a full time influencer. Brilliant. Um, and then around about, I'd say early December, I, I believe it was, I made a fatal mistake, crucial error. I um, so for the you'll know this, but for the for the fogies in the room, there's a platform called Omegle. <laughs> there's a platform called Omegle. Um, which is similar to chat roulette. And if you don't know what chat roulette is, essentially it's video cams mm. um, on on cycle. So like say you're on it and I'm on it and we can just like cycle next, next, next. And then if we land on each other and we, we like the conversation, we can have a little chat. Mm. So really cool. Mm. So I'd not, I'd not been on it, but it was very popular on TikTok. People were making lots of videos about it. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get in on this action. So let me do it. But because I'm so clever, let me live stream me doing it. Now, trying to keep what things... Could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Now, again, so, some people might not understand, but chat roulette, and it turns out Omegle is the same, is prone to um, perverts. <laughs> so you've got, you've got cameras cycling through. What could you possibly... What could possibly appear every once in a while? But I was so just caught up and excited and like, oh, I'm live streaming. I've got a couple of hundred people watching. I'm on Omegle. People are actually recognizing me on Omegle from my TikTok. So I just think I'm the guy, right? And then just, I remember it like it was yesterday. In It, it felt like it happened in slow motion. I clicked next. I, I just had a really good chat with someone from America. It's like, yeah, you know, have a great day, buddy. Click next. And like pixel by pixel almost the what can only be described as a glizzy popped up on the screen and i i sort of reacted no pull my camera away <laughs> click next but the damage was already done within about 10 15 minutes my live stream was cut off by tiktok and then i received a notification you're permanently banned from live streaming wow. and then four days later i went to open my tiktok account and it said you have been permanently banned from tiktok Wow. Wow. So naturally I was quite distraught um, and it was near to Christmas and I was feeling sorry for myself, but being the pick myself up and keep winning type of guy that I am, I went home that day, made a new account and started the grind again. And within about six weeks, I was back up to 150,000 followers. Wow. But I'll be honest, it's jaded me. It took the wind, the wind out of my sails yeah. and suddenly like this, this need to be an influencer um, was massively diminished. So, so how long has it taken you to build yourself back up to 150 or 200,000 followers? Um, so the initial 150 was done in about six weeks. Right. So essentially what I did was I posted for about a week, just kind of moping and mm. 
feeling sorry oh, for myself. Playing the, the feel sorry card. No, because in retrospect, it was pathetic. Like, because I'd be like, TikTok, why do this to me? Um, and then I was like, no, pull yourself together. Like, you can build it back up again. You, you know, you're a marketeer. Mm. So um, I... Marketer. I was, yeah, there was a test. <laughs> so I started um, grinding again. Um, and I, I did this thing called the... Fet I, caught, I made this thing up called the 31 Day Content Challenge. Um, so this was in January. So the aim was that every day I'd post content and the amount of content I'd post on that day would be the same as the the day of the month that it was. So on day one, I posted once. On day five, I posted five times. Wow. On day 31, I posted 31 times in one day. Should have done it in February, she really should so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so I posted like 500 pieces of content in that one month. Wow. Um, and that took me from, you know, I mean, I got, I, I was maybe started off from about 10,000 because some of my people found out what was going on and they came and they supported mm -hmm. and stuff. But basically went from 10,000 to 150,000 in a month. By doing that. How do you create that much content? Because we, we all, but you always tell us off, we need to post on LinkedIn every day and mm. we never do. Because mm. we, we find it so hard to think, what do I post today that's interesting? So how, how do you create 500 bits of content in a month? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, so I wondered that before I started. But um, it, it turns out, like the first like week maybe, or the first couple of days was tough. Um, and I was kind of like, I was I was kind of beating myself up about the quality of the content. Mm. Um but it turns out when you set yourself that sort of goal and you produce that much content, you actually start to stumble on these really cool ideas that you probably wouldn't have come up with if you were just doing once a day. So when 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 the and also got by like say day ten, it was like I can't really be thinking about is the content great because I've essentially got to post a piece of content every hour through that day. Um, so you just start everything you see. It's like. You know, I was cutting a pepper and <laughs> <laughs> I was cutting a pepper and I remember cutting it and thinking, it's I've got a pretty cool technique in the way that I cut this pepper. <laughs> so I thought, all right, I'll make a TikTok about it. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is like the cool, the, the most efficient way to cut a pepper. So, you know, to describe, I cut it like quite close to the top bit. Yeah. And then, you know, where the stalk is. Yeah. And then you can just like pop the stalk out yeah it just pops out perfectly so i just made a, like a 15 second video i mean it got like twenty five thousand views wow so wow. yeah so then i was like all right cool so that there's one i guess steve you can do your i'm intrigued by this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna be on tiktok after this well and and that's the thing you like you start to realize that like actually content is everywhere but you've just gotta you've gotta not obsess over the quality because um there i think that video that you sent made, made the perfect point about podcasts mm actually a big majority of of your success is consistency mm. not be like being the best or being the most talented if you post 500 pieces of content you're going to have at least one in that 500 that gets a million views mm. i mean i probably had like 20 that got a million views in that 20 out of the 500 that, bits in that month that, that you got did more than a million views yeah Wow. But like, I mean, all told and all combined, it, it must have been like in the 40 million sort of range, combined views. I always I always fear though, wow. if you just post one rubbish bit of content or one rubbish podcast, someone listens to it, watches it, and thinks, oh, this is rubbish. Yeah. You lose that person. Is that is that a <clears throat> kind of wrong fear? Should we not have that fear? Yeah, you shouldn't have that fear. Yeah. Because you play, you're playing a, a, it's a scalable game. 
Mm. Um, and also it's like uh, Gary Vio, I'm sure we'll get yeah, to, yeah. but he often says, um, and don't get me wrong, I, I fall victim to this myself. Um, and I argue with myself and I, sometimes I've posted content and then if it doesn't really get the views that I want, I'll delete it out of like shame essentially. Mm. But Gary Vee always says, well, if, if barely anyone sees it, then what, what does it matter? Like no one knows that it failed. That's true. Mm. People are, and everything's moving so quickly. I mean, the amount of content that's going up on all of these platforms every single day, to, for us to think that someone sat there going, Steve Motley, yeah. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> they just, oh, they just, they they yeah, yeah, exactly. They just, what they do is they watch the first two seconds and they just go, yeah, see ya. Kind of disposable content, isn't it? It's Essentially. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the way to look at it, especially with a platform like TikTok. Mm. You know, ultimately, yeah, all of your content is there on your page for people to see at a later date if they want. Mm. But most people just spend their life on the For You page just scrolling. Yeah. So when you set your, you know, building from the ground up again, so when you set your target of I'm going to do, you know, that 31 days, yeah. is that actually how you're driven so in as much the question i have is in in as much as if you have a target mm. i'm going to do it for 31 days i'm going to do 500 you know um pieces of content mm -hmm. is that how you're driven as in i need to have a goal and i need to get past this and does that make your um creativity better stronger or is it much are you much more like oh, going, oh that's brilliant i'll just do that that is a fantastic question, John. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, essentially. I mean, it's because it, it, it's more so the challenge to myself, you know, and with, the, with that challenge, it was kind of like, I was like, I was like almost rebelling against what had happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, you like, well, you may know, but here we, we, we run uh, Don't Break the Chain uh, street sheet. So, so far we've posted for, over a hundred days, I think maybe it's like 105 days, um, unbroken. And you know, that the fact that we, the fact that we know we've done 105 days makes it less likely that we want to break that chain yeah. and we've not broken it so far. So, you know, by setting that standard, it's quite a high standard to set. Cause sometimes, you know, have the content or you forget and it's the weekend and you're out, you know, with your family and then, you have to slink away and just come up with something, you know. <laughs> I'll be back. In the, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like for me, definitely. Like I'm driven by the challenge of doing it. Not necessarily the goal, but the challenge. You include your, your family on some of your TikToks, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, early on, I used, I did kind of. So one of the first um, sort of, I went through a series of like, I'd call them, let's call them seasons of Wonderbar. And one of them was, <laughs> one of them was I would um, I'd prank my um, kids. So uh, I would I would like say, oh, um, do you want some breakfast? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. But like the night before, I'd like made breakfast and I'd put it in the freezer. And then I'd come in like, all right, here's your tea. Here's your like scrambled egg on toast. And then, you know, they'd pick it up and be like, ding, ding, ding. and then I, then I was like, all right, now I'm going to, now I'm going to freeze a takeaway. Say, so, oh, come on. I've got us a takeaway. I've got pizza. <laughs> Bring the pizza box in, give it to them. They open it. Pizza's completely frozen. I'd, and we did eat the pizza as well, actually. We were like, frozen. just put it back in the oven. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And they're, they're always up for getting involved. You know, my missus jumped on TikTok and called herself Mrs. Munderbar, even though we're not married. Um, cause she wanted to get some of that. Yeah, wanted yeah. To get, yeah, she wanted yeah. to get some of that clout. So, yeah. wow. So, is, I, that was how I 
first saw you was actually on, I think it was on LinkedIn, and you'd done a bit of a video in the woods behind here, and it was with, you, yeah, with, yeah. with your daughter, and you was mm -hmm. a bit of a showreel to sort of, and I liked what I saw, and, and in my head I was thinking, we need a videographer here, because I saw the momentum that marketing was having, and, and the shift to sort of video content, and the way it was getting ranked on Google, and SEO, and all that type of stuff, so I was thinking, well, hang on, we need this guy, and then ironically, within a week, I think Rob had spotted you as well, mm -hmm. but just talk about that, because that, the way that I sort of positioned that internally was, well, hang on, he's not knocked on our door, canvassed us and given his CV. Yeah. We've seen a video, we've asked him to come in. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the power of that personal brand that we're talking Yeah, about. well, that's the content marketing in effect. Yeah, and personal brand, as you say. Um, and yeah, it was interesting, actually, because I remember us connecting yeah. and obviously didn't really think too much of it. Like, you know, my, often my focus is on just like building the brand and the numbers. So then I, we we met here, which was like probably a bit surreal, more so for you because yeah, you know. We've got celebrity it's in the building, but yeah, and and that's kind of when when I'm pushing the whole personal brand thing sort of internally, you know, within sales predominantly because that's where it can be best utilized. That's often the example that I give. You know, I say I'm I'm here, no CV, virtually. I mean, we we had an. Uh, you could call it an interview, but it wasn't really a formal interview. It's just, we had a chat mm. um, and bish, bash, bosh. There we go. You had to come up with a bit of an idea, didn't you? Yeah, but which was like freestyle on the spot, really. Yeah. And it was just like, oh yeah, like the whole Santa thing. And yeah. kind of just threw it out there, not really thinking that much of it. And then obviously once everything started, it was like, yeah, so when's this Santa thing happening? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to figure it out. And then... You know, it, it, it made it happen and it turned out, yeah, it turned out well. But um, yeah, best, personal brand for me in this day and age, and especially going forward, it is everything. It's just figuring out how do you do that for your personality type. You know, for, for me, some might argue that I'm quite wacky and in your face. So I can sort of get away with a certain style. You know, the way, it, just me walking around this office, you know, it's I'm, I'm an anomaly. I, I, I sometimes think how... How have they allowed this? <laughs> but but you can turn it to your advantage because if you're standing out and then you and you play into it and you can yeah. dial it up, yeah, like yeah. your headscarf and different and the, the shirts and think, yeah, oh, yeah. you've not gone for the wacky yeah, shirt. Yeah, you yeah, no, dial it down. I, I feel today. underdressed. Yeah, <laughs> I do feel underdressed. Um, but no, the, everyone's got a personal brand and a, and something within them that they're really good at in getting their message across and they've just got to figure, figure that out. Although we've, we've got three white men wearing shirts. So I forgot to send you the message, yeah. but we did try and do this as a, you know, as a, a homage to... Uh, oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is flamboyant. This is us as bad flamboyant yeah. as I get as well. Yeah. My flamboyant shirts was in the wash. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Matt. Matt is a finance director, and this is Matt's team. Day after day, they trudge through endless stacks of paperwork, like mindless zombies. But luckily for Matt and his team, things are about to get a lot better. Since Spectro has digitized their documents, there's no need for physical copies and duplicates to clutter up the office. And with a fleet of Spectrobots to take care of the mundane, Matt's team have changed the game. Don't waste the potential they've got. Get them a robot with Spectrum.
tomorrow's workplace today. I'm not the most creative. I, I, when, so when we're talking about you know building your personal brand, you just said like everyone's got, there'll be something. I'm mm. thinking. Well, do? I'm still thinking. That's that's my, that's my issue. <laughs> so in, in, in as much as you know, obviously there's a few things that you've been helping all of us with, but I'm like conscious that yeah, I'll, I'll crack on and do that. You know, and uh, and I look forward to starting to develop that. But outside the norm, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I can't, you know, turn to song. I can't do this. I can't do that. Whereas though you've got all those tools. Um, so I'll give you, I'll throw you out some ideas off the cuff. All right. But before, before I do, I do appreciate that um, because we sort of exist in different worlds, so to speak. I mean, sales and marketing, so we're kind of in the same arena together. But, but I do, and, and I also appreciate that there is a, a hesitance or maybe a fear of not being taken seriously or of missing the mark or whatever. But I think in order to succeed, you've got to be willing to fail. And if you just do nothing, then you, then you get nothing. And I think that's the, the key thing. And I'm not, I'm not, no, no, it sounds no. like I'm schooling you, no, but no, like, no. I think it's fair. And, and I think actually on that, before you came into this building, I think we would have been guilty as a organization that we didn't want to take some risks. We mm. didn't want to go out there. I don't mind as we've seen in previous pods, you know, acting the fool or, you know, having the mickey taken out of me what well, no issues with that whatsoever it's it's just i don't have those creative ideas that that come out but, of it but we do live in a world which is kind of the cancel culture thing isn't it where you, if you if you do miss the mark a little bit you can get a lot of bad focus on you i think there's a big fear about the negativity yeah no that's that is fair the I mean, trolls I've, yeah. I've experienced that to a degree um you know with, with my band for example yeah. um we wrote a, a song about sort of snowflake culture that was supposed to be like an ironic tongue-in-cheek um satirical song you know which certain people within the sort of whole music scene and even some of our fans Mm. you know didn't take too kindly to and came at us and gigs were cancelled because of it really yeah and and fans of like five six years were lost but my my attitude when that was happening was to never apologize because I've done nothing wrong and to just, again, just a, a, a buckets and buckets of content because now I, I could re- respond to this and respond to that. And I think you could argue I'm quite eloquent. I, I don't think I'm, I'm stupid. Um, you know, so I just made the case for the song and there you go. Same thing happened on, uh, in African TikTok uh, because I sort of broke some cardinal rules of African cuisine um they came after me hard wow you know and but again i, I stood my ground and eventually it died down and they were like oh this guy like because we have a food in west africa called uh i i it's, it's pronounced fufu but i've always said fufu because i'm from hull mm. and so things get sort of mixed up um and they didn't like my pronunciation of it um they they didn't like the way i was cooking it they didn't like the way i was eating it um so then i was like all right well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play into it so i would go oh today i'm making chocolate fufu and you can't make chocolate fufu and i'd make this disgusting concoction and i'd eat it and go oh it's amazing and then they go i can't believe you're making this abomination um but it was getting it was getting uh likes and it was getting feedback yeah, yeah exactly which feeds the algorithms correct and 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 ultimately 
you pick a side, don't don't play it completely safe. Now, is that going to happen to you guys? Probably not. But I think if it does, it, it'll it'll blow over tomorrow. It's not it's not that deep. There's a there's a thing that I saw on on LinkedIn that was it was quite interesting from a sales perspective where they said if you're if you're selling a product that could be say for example you could write an infomercial about it and people just go buy now if you're not selling any of those products you need to have a conversation so how would you start those conversations and then it's a case of well what do you do apart from us cold calling picking up the phone yeah. and, and things like that so how do you how do you get your personality across how do you get your because people buy from people so if you're going to have a conversation and obviously people buy from us otherwise we wouldn't have a job and we wouldn't be still here so it's a case of how do we get our authentic self across in a way that makes people think actually yeah I won't mind having a conversation with John or I won't mind having a conversation with Neil but it is a bit of a fear factor because you're like oh am I putting on a bit of an act or am I like how do I how do I do this because you, you're right immediately when you think of content creators you think of people doing something wacky or doing something um, a bit more creative and especially when Maybe maybe doing John a bit of a disservice here, but from from from, <laughs> my, from my perspective, we facilitate a lot of the time the sale. So we're we're sort of bringing in experts. So we're not necessarily experts. We know it to a level. We can have a conversation about our topic, intelligent automation, and we're talking about process and things like that. And it makes sense at the top level to me. And when we're talking to FDs or ops directors or anyone like that, they get it. And then. Because they're living it and living the pain, we say, okay, so you, you, you've identified you've got a problem to solve. I've got someone that can help you. And we just bring in the experts. And, and I guess the, 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 the hard bit that's, that's been a bit of a transition, because really social media has only just become part of marketing in the last sort of 10 years, I guess. Before that, it was, like you say, ads, or it was, it was yeah. marketing on the radio, or newspapers, or brochures. Marketing was maybe TV was probably the biggest thing uh, yeah. that you could do to get people out there. So again, how do you get attention? So you need to get their attention, and then you need to obviously start that conversation. But yeah, I mean, so you need to get their attention and hold it. Yeah, um, I mean, for example, so going back to you, um, <laughs> specifically, <laughs> you. this is meant to be about you. you. No, um, <laughs> well, for all of you, right? But yeah. so, so Wellesley said, all right, we're better. Being the the facilitator for an expert to share his knowledge, right? So if I'm if I'm you, you've got guests coming in onto this podcast all the time. Yeah, you could could you could pull them to one side and say, look, can I just record a quick video on my phone, me and you, um, and I'm gonna just like we're gonna have like a two or three minute conversation, and I'm gonna ask you like, all right, what's three things that are really crucial in your industry, or whatever that thing might be, and boom, you got some free content. From this podcast, also, you've got an hour's worth of conversation where you can just can I have that splice, can I have that splice, give me that, give me that. So that's that's also where you're quite fortunate, the three of you, when often a lot of people won't have that. Um, then you could easily, the things that you do understand, sit down, record a video on your phone and just say, right, you're thinking about implementing this. What are some of the things that you need to be aware of before you do such a thing? And just give that knowledge and set the tone that... I'm an expert. I'm not asking for anything. I'm just giving you the knowledge and the information. Film it low key. We've all got we've all got supercomputers in our pockets. There's no real excuse that, that that any of us can give other than our own nervousness to do that thing. Or even, dare I say it, laziness sometimes. 
Yeah. True. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's fair. We could do a little double act, you know, like in Sesame Street, those two old blokes. <laughs> Sesame Street, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We can, yeah, we can do in the, uh, Yeah, definitely. But there's, there's a difference between sort of creating and documenting. So mm. touch on that. Yeah, so again, uh, you know, Gary V, all praise to him, would say that um, the, the easiest way to produce content is to document rather than uh, create. So whatever you're doing, and so you did this to an example uh, where you were all in it, but when, it, when you had your team play that game. Mm, yeah, um, the agile game of the game. Yeah. So again, that's how we were already doing it. <clears throat> so how hard would it be to film it? You know, and yeah, all right, you've got me there to film it for you, but say you're someone that doesn't have that, just stick stick your phone in the corner. Mm. Buy a cheap ten pound um sort of phone tripod thing. I think they're called gorilla pods. And just stick it in the corner. You don't need to edit it if you don't want, just film the whole thing. Um if you do want to edit edit it, you can get some some really good um, apps on your phone, such as InShot or um, Video Leap, where you can just quite easily edit, and it's very sort of user friendly and easy to do. Um, so there's there's lots of options. It's just having the desi the desire to do it. And what, why should they? So why should a small business owner or you know, marketing director of a, of a company that's still, I guess I'm going to say old school marketing, still churning out brochures and what we what we used to do 10, 15 years ago? Why should they embrace this kind of more content-led approach? I think all of us are aware that this is that this works, right? So we, if you're on LinkedIn, for example, we all know the big names and even the sort of smaller name, you know, big but not as big. Mm. So what would you call them? Medium-sized names. We see them, we see their content, we like it, we engage with it. We know as we look at it, like this is this must be doing wonders for their brand, business, personal brand, etc. But yet we tell ourselves like some sort of lie or make an excuse like to not do it. And I just think it's it's free, it's mm. it's easy, and it's a quick win. You know, yes, you you won't do it perfectly straight off the bat, but if you commit to like we like I said earlier, if you commit to anything for a consistent period of time, eventually you'll start to get results. That, and it becomes it a, a habit. Win, though. That's Sorry. the thing. Is it is it a quick win? Because it. It does take time, doesn't it? It's not you're not going to post one video on LinkedIn and suddenly you're overwhelmed with with inquiries. It, you have it, to build. It's a quick win in the sense that there's no limit to how much content you put out. Yeah, the limits on you. So, say for example, uh, Neil could post once a week. Yeah, and you could post once a day. So now you're seven times ahead of him, but then you could post seven times a day. So. In the space of a month, you could go from relatively unheard of, ignored, to getting consistently thousands of views on each video and getting 20, 30, 40, 50 connections or followers every every day. You know, and case in point, I was never a LinkedIn guy. I, I sort of came onto LinkedIn a little bit um, like years ago. Didn't like the environment, like the, the vibe. Just felt like it's corporate, it's boring. Mm. Don't really, I, I'm not interested. It sort of came away from it. Came back years later and saw that things had changed a little bit. But also after a conversation with my, with my partner, she just said, um, why Why are you going onto LinkedIn and trying to be, like trying to fit in? Not be yourself. Yeah, she's like, you never do that. And it's like, oh yeah, like I, I guess I switched into some sort of corporate corporate mode. corporate mode. And as soon as I stopped doing that, Boom, attention, 
job offers like within two weeks, basically. Do you think LinkedIn has changed as a platform? Do you think you've adapted to LinkedIn or no? LinkedIn's changed massively. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it probably was it probably was similar to this then, mm. but I just kind of didn't take the time to explore. One of my mistakes in the past, uh, and advice that I'd give to anyone is you need to take time to understand the platform that you're on. Mm. What's the what's the term? What's the vibe? What's what's the the what what are the um, uh, I can't think of the word, but that the word I'm thinking of. Mm. Try and picture it. I suppose it's the medium as well because yeah. each each obviously um, YouTube is is video. Mm. And the, Instagram was initially photos and yeah. that type of thing, and then but then it's it's how long is so TikTok's obviously short, yeah. sort of, um, yeah. and again it's how you cut that content, but even. Definitely things logistically about how you actually change the camera. Yeah, so yeah. You, like TikTok is is sort of uh, land, yeah. uh, portrait, isn't it? And yeah. then YouTube is mainly landscape things like that. Just how you how you chop things up. The one guy that I follow, Alex Almersi, he is absolutely blown up recently. Yeah, but he did a he did a call with um, Grant Cardone, and he was like. He's been posting consistently for two or three years, maybe one or two videos a week. Yeah. <laughs> Grant Cadden's whole brand is around 10x, just do more. So he was like, do 10 times the amount or 20 times the amount or whatever. So Alex has now absolutely ramped it up and then his following's just gone like yeah, through yeah. the roof. He's doing about 80 a week, I think. He's doing phenomenal, yeah. yeah, a lot. But then it's across all platforms. So his message is getting cut and, mm. and split across each one. But then again, it's, there's a strategy behind it. He's got to have... There's, and the content's got to be good, otherwise, again, people just scroll off to it. Yeah, totally. So, it's, um, so, so does a, should a business owner pick their platform and say, right, I'm going to focus on LinkedIn, or should they be across all platforms, or how does that work? They'll definitely have a platform of choice. Yeah. Um, most people who I talk to, if I say TikTok, they just, like... <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they don't get it. But again, this goes back to go on the platform and understand it yourself, and you'll start to realise that it's not... 12-year-olds dancing, you know, mm. in the bedroom. In fact, um, the vast majority of uh, TikTok users are over 22, I believe. Um, don't fact-check me on that. <laughs> um, but basically, the vast, ma- the, the I think 75% of TikTok users are, are, are adults. Right. Um, in my opinion, you should be on every platform. But again, it's one step at a time. Find a platform where it works for you. Get used to that. Get consistent. Then start to incorporate the other platforms. So are we saying, um, get, like you said, have your kind of like you know your, your chosen platform, but make don't ignore the others. Yeah. Are we saying that you have to have different content or different styles of content for the different platforms, or are we saying that actually the predominant one that you, you're targeting just use that and then reuse it, if you will, or in the the lesser. Formats. Yeah, generally speaking, if content works well on one platform, it's likely to work well on the others. Now, yeah, you, like Wellesley said, you might need to like reformat the the dimensions or whatever. You might need to cut it to make it shorter and just have like the salient points. But ultimately, if if something works really well on uh, TikTok, it's probably going to work really well on LinkedIn. You know, for, like the video you were talking about earlier with my daughter, the treasure hunt video. Mm. That that was a TikTok video that did decent on TikTok. And then I thought, well, all right, what? How can I sort of repackage the message, and sort of went, oh, you know, parents, working parents, if you want something fun and cool to do with your kid, want to get some brownie points from your kids this weekend, try this out. Oh, it's a brilliant thing. I want you to come back to it at the end to keep people listening. So I think it's a brilliant idea, and I'm going to copy it at some point. The, the, the treasure hunt. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs>
yeah, inspiration, because one of the things you've done really well is brought, I guess, new people, a new world into this business. So who inspires you when it comes to kind of marketing and content? Um, so there's the obvious ones, but like before I get to them, like I, you know, grew up on YouTube and watching uh, and, and watching like YouTubers sort of build personal brands and businesses and, you know, massive wealth. And one of my regrets, let's say I know, was, was that I didn't get involved in the YouTube sort of world mm. when, when, you know, when it first came out. And that's kind of why I was so um, full on when TikTok came along, because I saw that as like the next opportunity. It's new. This could be the new YouTube, which it is it, essentially. But the obvious ones would be, yeah, you know, everyone loves a bit of Gary Vee, you know, he's high octane. Is he a bit obnoxious? Sure. But that's all part of it, right? Uh, you know, it's that American, you know, like you say, like Grant Cardone and uh, Alex Harmozy as well. And there's a whole, there's a whole slew, uh, slew of, of, of these different sort of, um, what what Mike Winnett and yeah, would Mike call Winnett. a contrepreneur. Um, but Gary Vee's not quite in that camp. But yeah, you'd say like there's a, the contrepreneurs like... Uh, he plays entrepreneur bingo. Yeah, so there's, there's certain. There's, he gets his bingo card, and basically, there's certain things: the backstory and the offer. And yeah, the they always do. Yeah, the, the irony is there that all of that content's come back from a book. So all these marketers, they all um, or marketers, all uh, all use like this this book um, called Influence. And it talks about the psychology of influencing people, and and there's there's authority. There's basically a few different ones that they all use as, as triggers, and the irony is they use it because it works. Yeah. And so, when you're doing direct sales, if you're doing it from a from a, a sales letter or a video, um, there's another guy called Jeff Walker that does the product launch formula. So again, it's it's three or four videos. It's all about delivering good quality content, and then he upsells you onto a course. There's always a cost or a product to be sold at the end. Um, but again, that's the whole point of commerce and business. Yeah, yeah. It's like to sell something. Yeah. yeah. Like when he takes he takes personal, it, well, they're trying to sell me something. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna call them a contrepreneur because they're trying to sell me something. Yeah. I get it that certain people get caught up into the the, the sort of dopamine rush of buy now, buy now. Oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna be a millionaire if I yeah. buy this program yeah, and it's ninety seven dollars. Well Z. I, <laughs> I love it. I bought loads of them. <laughs> I did think he was getting a bit defensive. <laughs> but yeah. But I do agree with a lot of his things because I'm thinking, my word, my ADHD and my my, my yeah. dopamine thing. Oh, Just yeah, that's like firing. That. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely that's easy, I'll do that. Yeah, not but that then, not that Gary Vee. I wouldn't count him as a contrepreneur. That. He doesn't do that. Um You've got Seth Godin, who's, who yeah. sort of famously said that um, content marketing is the only marketing that's left. Um, obviously, to some sort of, um, you know, he got some heat for that, but I think he's right. Um, Rory Sutherland as well. He he's he's a great a great um, sort of wacky individual, um, kindred spirit to me, I reckon. Mm. Um, although very posh. We were talking about posh earlier. He's very posh. Um, <laughs> and it, through him, I became aware of uh, concepts like behavioral economics and um, nudging and, 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 you know, stuff like that. So I definitely, if, if I was going to, you know, with my team, for example, when I tell them like, oh, we need to 
you need to be doing your research. You need to discover these people. Those, those are the three that I would generally push them towards to start off with. Let's explore that in behavioral economics. Talk, yeah. what, what does that mean? Bring that to life for people. Um, so it's, so I, in, in marketing, I think two things that are uh, undervalued from my perspective is the creative of the, the, the advertisement, for example. Um, so there's a lot of focus on the analytics and the numbers and the mm. figures and stuff, which is right, but at the expense of good creative mm. and behavioral economics would then extrapolate the psychology of the creative and why we're saying and doing certain things, you know, and, and sort of like nudging people. So for example, um, in fact, you, you, you and Rob said a yeah. really great example about the, the yes. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. It was the a company put a sign up saying, uh, basically, if everybody carries on taking stones away from the Grand Canyon like they do, then within 50 years, the Grand Canyon will disappear. Yeah. And the impact of that was it made people take more stones away because it kind of normalized that behavior and it, it made it okay. Correct. Whereas I think the replacement sign was something like um, 94% of people leave the Grand Canyon without taking a rock, which then normalizes the reverse. Yeah. But it's that kind of thing of like, going for the negative rather than spinning it for a positive. So that would be like a nudge because then it nudges people psychologically towards the action that you want them to do. Mm. Um, so, and there are whole, there, there are loads of, you know, it's like f framing, for example. I mean, you'll know a bunch of these already, um, but like how, how, how are you framing the message or um, what does Jane do? Paradigm shifts mm. as well. So it's all about the psychology of the message and often, you know, we see it on LinkedIn all the time. People will say, this is how you write great copy. Don't lead with what your product is. Lead with what their problem is. Mm. Yeah, what's and, it going to do for them? Yeah. And and we we can often get so caught up in just trying to get our products yeah. sold. That Features we, and benefits rather than... Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, there's, there's a big psychological component. And even Rory Sutherland would argue that uh, marketing team should have a uh, some sort of psychologist like in the mix. Mm. He, he talks about uh, value um, perception, doesn't he? Yeah, I thought that was great. I, I watched something that he said the other day about like um, it said like again, if you're on a train from say London to Paris or something like that, and he talks about it might take know, three hours, for example, and it's if you give that problem to an engineer, they'll try and make it faster. They'll spend and they'll spend billions on on like the train line. What is it? H two or something like that. Yeah, trying yeah, to make it faster. Too. Whereas he was talking about actually, if you just fill the train with supermodels, <laughs> people will want to stay on it longer. <laughs> so it was like it was a perception of value. It was like actually, but then I, I, I related that to like the Concorde, for example. So yeah. the Concorde was in existence for ages. Economically, was it viable? It got people backwards and forwards to New York faster. Yeah. But what have they done now? They've made the planes bigger. Yeah. But they've made the experience of being on those A380s yeah, more pleasurable. More pleasurable. Yeah. You got lay down beds. You got a bar in first class. All yeah, this yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So it's the value perception. If you make it. The, yeah, the perception of being more valuable, actually spending more time on it is actually shortening. Is that really the, the yeah, solution? Yeah, and and he he, he <laughs> says there's a lot of psychological wins to be to be had there, but they seem counterproductive, so they don't get done. Mm. And you need someone a bit, a bit of an oddball to say, oh, you know, how about we do a podcast? And you'd say, well, why would we do a podcast? Yeah. We're you know we're a tech company. 
we're not a media company. And again, going back to Seth Godin, he he says that uh, ma- com- companies marketing the marketing sort of um, mechanism of companies requires them to act more like publishers rather than trying to sell products. Yeah. You know, and this is kind yeah. of everyone stumbling now to try and make that a reality. So you start to do things like podcasts, but if you go to your MD or your FD and say, oh, I want a grand mm-hmm. for some podcast equipment where we barely talk about the product that we sell, <laughs> that's that seems ridiculous. It's but it's it, but it's it. But actually in terms of brand and in terms of attention, it's a, a great um, tool. How, how do businesses, so if they haven't got a box, Citing their market department, how do you go about creating this and creating content? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they need a He's a wizard. Um, the no, content wizard has again, spoken. Again, it's it's quick wins. We we obviously we're trying to prov- um, create a certain image and a certain level of quality, right? Mm. And I obviously have a certain standard that I want to, you know, that I want my work to have, but. There's no reason why, for example, YouTube, you know, say, oh, we, w- we want to start a podcast. Mm. We'll just get a phone or two phones if you want. Just get one phone and get a £10 lapel mic, split air, put them on, sit down, have a conversation. It, it's that easy. You know, it doesn't have to be. And then maybe, what, maybe that's a, a good way for a lot of businesses to do it because mm. they can just try it themselves and, you know, I suspect most will give up after a few videos because they'll they'll say to themselves they don't have time or they can't be bothered or it's not working or whatever. But you don't you don't need a box. You just need the the will to actually want to do it. Perseverance. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then if you if you're lucky, you might go. You might see a box. Yeah. And be able to like ensnare him into a cage. See, you sent around a, a piece of content uh, for the weekend around podcasting. Or, uh, what was that? Remind me. Yeah, they, I think it was, was it something like um, 90% of people don't get past like the first three or four episodes. And then out of that, the next 90% quit. Don't even get to twenty one episodes. Mm. So if you get to sorry twenty episodes, so if you get to twenty one, you're already in the one percent. So it's that perseverance. Where are we at? Jump. Yeah, exactly. I think Max, this, this will be like sixteen. Sixteen, yeah, I think. Yeah, closer yeah. than the top. Yeah, we're nearly there. Yeah, but there's also a thing around that Seth Godin talks about tribes as well. And, and yeah, thing, yeah. And, and actually, if you're talking about a particular topic. It's not going to be for everyone, but the people that are interested in it, mm. as long as you spread the net far enough, they're going to find it and obviously you're going to start. And I, I, I saw a statement again on, on LinkedIn or it might have been Insta where it was sort of, if you're talking about a particular topic and no one's listening, stop talking to those individuals, talk to someone else that does want to listen yeah. and then give them value. Because if they, and I, and I can go back in time when I was talking about my fitness and health and fitness stuff and strength conditioning, at the time, if I rewind it maybe 15 years ago, people didn't want to know because they were still hell bent on body pump classes or Les Mills yeah. step up classes and all this type of stuff because it was in vogue. And I was like, no, no, we need to be doing strength conditioning and Olympic lifting and all this type of stuff. Now you go into every commercial gym and it's all, and all, yeah. all I got it from because I went to the certain strength coaches that were that were influencing 
globally and I was like well hang on he's saying this he had he trained the most Olympic gold medalists or whatever so I was like you must know a thing or two so I'll start training my athletes that way and again it, it does come down and then it's how you interpret that and then apply it to your market locally because mm. again you've got some like you say big influencers that are global and then it's like start local there's a thing in it start local but think global and then obviously scale it yeah 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 absolutely Let's talk about um, tomorrow's workplace today. That's what the podcast is is about. So thinking about marketing, cast yourself forward 10 years. What does what does workplace look like? What does the workplace look like? Yeah. Um, what marketing in well, the what workplace? Does, what does work t- working in marketing yeah. look like yeah. in, in 10 years' time? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a big automated element to that. So with like, you know, scheduled posts and... Um, I think you mentioned earlier about stuff like Jasper, which will like AI that will write copy for you. Mm. Um, you know, paid ads is automated, you know, and, and, and kind of the Shangri-La of marketing is to like try and, um, if you can crack the perfect sort of, um, uh, uh, paid ad funnel, then it's automated and you've got great content then it's just, all right, well, how much do we want to spend on it? You know? Mm probably not as much as the, the the company you mentioned earlier, but yeah. um, well, if you're lucky. Um, so there's definitely a big automated element to that. And I think it will, that will increase, you know, I suspect there'll, there'll be, we're seeing more sort of automated elements in terms of video editing as well. So I suspect you'll be able to, you, you know, your phone will do most of the heavy lifting it which, and, and, and the, the ease of access for people to, to, to do marketing on a personal level will increase. Mm. I think possibly actually the need for people like me and agencies and so on will become less and less as people take more of that marketing sort of function and control that into their own hands. You know, we, we see it on all of these platforms, but using LinkedIn as an example, how underproduced things can be mm. to still get amazing results. So you don't need to overproduce these days. Ultimately, it's what what's the message? And I always I always liken it to um, I don't know if you ever did this, but like back in the day, you would um, you know pirate a film or mm. get a get a, a pirated DVD, and the quality was always terrible, right? But if the movie was really good, then you would stick it out because you'd be like, well, I'm I find this story really compelling, so I want to mm. see what what's going to happen. So. You know, if, if the message is really good, then the the production will, will enhance that to a degree. But it, it doesn't work the other way around. You can't, you know, there's a, I'm not going to say it, but you can't put glitter on. <laughs> Probably glitter. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, we'll definitely see that. Personal brand is going to be key, you know, um, and really could potentially have a big impact on how and who we hire as well. So yeah, to, all right, it makes sense to hire someone like me who's got a personal brand in a field like marketing because that's my personal brand is an example of my ability to to be a good marketer. But what if Wellesley had an amazing personal brand mm. and he works in sales? Well, not only do you know he's going to promote his, your product really well, but it, it it's bringing attention to your business. It's like bringing free attention. You could have someone who's really pop, who makes really great finance content, you know, who's an accountant. Um, 
who then you think, all right, well, you're really good, but also you've got a great personal brand. Yeah. And I think that's going to be something that we see as being more important. And, you know, is that going to be an ideal future for everyone? I think it can be. You know, I think people just need to stop overthinking it. You were right earlier in the, the Andy Warhol. Um, mm. It was in, in, in the future, everyone will have their 15 minutes of fame. And that's where we are now, you know, and every every... Everyone will will have at least one viral video in their time, in my wow. opinion. Wow. Still waiting for, for hours, aren't we? But yeah, it'll come. come. My challenge to you guys is to let's let's step it up. Yeah. You be my little Frankenstein babies and go <laughs> out there and 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 make it happen. You know, you've 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 done really well in it, the past. Yeah, and then I stopped. I don't yeah. know why. And it's the Yeah, because yeah, you you lose the the motivation to keep going, right? Mm. But um, I don't know I'm quoting here, but um, being consistent with content, it's not about motivation, it's about discipline. And it's like, like when I was doing that challenge, there were days when I thought, where it was like midnight and I thought, Jesus, I've still got four bits of content I need to make. Mm. But the discipline was like, I, I'm, I've said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, you told me to do it for 30 days and I did it. So yeah. I literally like, yeah. I know, the easiest one was just to do a little meme or whatever. And yeah, just yeah, yeah. Copied it and, and posted it, but at least I posted something. And All right, so so do it for 30 months then. Yeah, okay. That's your next <laughs> challenge. And it doesn't have to be every day, do you know what I mean? But like, you know, I don't post every day on LinkedIn these days, mm. you know, because I'm busy with, with, the, with the spectrum marketing. But... Please believe I'm going to dine out on this on this podcast, this podcast footage. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for the next couple of weeks, we won't need to clip this one. Ironically, what I did learn from the the 30 days was the one that got the most sort of engagement was me just going for a run on a Sunday, and I took a yeah. picture of myself with a silly yellow app. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I got absolutely loads of feedback loads of people that i didn't even know just commented on stuff saying well done and like picking up and then i had the negative saying what, what do i know what do i want to know about you going on a run for on a sunday and all yeah. this type of stuff and i was like this is odd i've never had this because i've never experienced it because i didn't really post anything why, why do you think that did well because it's human it's it's socially i don't know it, it, it was just more showed personal. you i guess yeah it was just more personal yeah and also you'd achieved something. People, we like to see people achieve, mm. especially on a platform like LinkedIn. Yeah. Everyone can relate to that. Either you're doing it, so you think, yeah, good on you. You're one of my people. Yeah. Or you're not doing it and you think, oh, should be doing I it. should be doing it. You know, and, and that's the thing. How, how hard was it to just go? Well, yeah. Exactly. Not in a stupid hat though. Done. The stupid hat, I think. Maybe I, I think it, it, it got people's attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, there's loads of opportunities like that. You know, there's loads of little quick wins. It's just, it's just wanting to do it. What, what do you want to achieve out of that? You know, do you want a great personal brand? Do you want to make more money? Do you want to do both? I guess you got to, you do have to sort of focus on what is your target market. What do you think they're going to see value in to a certain degree? Because I can flip very easily, go back into my sort of fitness background, mm. and, and so I'm doing a lot of CrossFit at the moment. I could start taking pictures of me doing CrossFit, which will get engagement because it's weird movements, flipping myself over a bar. Yeah. But then, um, but then, is that necessarily going to get me a conversation with an FD? Maybe if uh, the FD does will. CrossFit, yeah. I don't know. No, it definitely will because if you go to a networking event, you don't just kind of go up to a group of people and go, "Hi, Wellesley, do you want to buy some automation <laughs> yeah, solutions?" Course, yeah. You'd probably, you'd say, yeah, you'd go, they might say, oh, you're looking well. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. you, look, you look like you keep yourself in good shape. Yeah. yeah, I do a lot of CrossFit and blah, 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 have a little conversation. And then eventually you'd 
someone would say, oh, so what, what do you do for a living then? Yeah, yeah. I do automation. Now, there's a set amount of people you can do that with at a networking event, but what's the limit on social media? Yeah, vast, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, to be fair, four or five people job. versus thousands of people. About the people that go to the gym now, so I, I know one is an IT director and a, a couple in HR. So yeah, I suppose I'm thinking out loud, but yeah, the people in that room even still. But you're right, they'll be part of a bigger community. Yeah, it's quite. But a, online, it's scalable, and then imagine that you did that yeah. every other day, just drawing people in, get that human connection. Don't really care what you do for a living. Like that'll come out. That's secondary. Yeah. It's like, let, it's like let's not try to get them straight into like bed. You first. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Correct. No, like, and trust oh, don't it? get him going on CrossFit. Oh my days. Yeah, we've been given our challenge, boys. So we need, we need to post more content. That's, that's, that's yeah. Been, you definitely we'll do. do. Yeah, we're because you're decent. I've already chosen my right. clips for this week. I've yeah. on here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I want you to just give to tell us about the treasure hunt because I think that's a brilliant idea that those people can use. Um, if you've got kids if not it's been weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so the video that Steve is talking about you can find it on my LinkedIn on my TikTok on my Instagram on my YouTube <laughs> um, but basically um, this was inspired by someone on TikTok and he um, and we actually follow each other uh, I forget his name now but um, he posted a video saying oh you want to do something really fun with your kids you should you should um bury some treasure and then claim to have stumbled across the treasure map for said treasure uh, said treasure and then let them experience discovering the treasure and it'll be a a, a mem like a core memory you know something mm. that they'll remember for years to come so i thought yeah i'm gonna do exactly that it'll be fun for her and content is everywhere so i went and bought this treasure chest for like 20 pound off this like um this uh, antique sort of guy he had like a loads of stuff in his conservatory. You just get a plastic one. You just no, because oh, I, I was like all out. That's yeah, you've shown your cards. It has to be. Yeah, because I looked online and saw the plastic ones, and I was like, no, because it needs to feel real. Mm. It needs to be wood. There needs to be a padlock on it. So yeah, I, I went and got the chest, and then I got like a a, a glass skull. And then I made a treasure map and, and painted it and stained it with coffee and burnt it and then ravel, you know, yeah, put some string that. around it, put it in the glass skull, went and buried, went and scouted out the spot first. I I was going to bury it and then I, 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 I sort of thought, but imagine I bury it, then we turn up on the day, find the map, go to it and someone's already discovered it, it's going to be a letdown. So I buried it on the day. So we went to Hesel Foreshore and my missus kept the kids busy and I ran off and I had like a spade just digging frantically, like just burying, thinking like people are going to think I'm burying some corpse or something. Surrounded by CSI. <laughs> yeah. Put it, put it in, went back, um, and then told my missus to go put the map sort of over there by the water, by the river. So, so, you know, it's washed, it's washed ashore. When took my kid over, said, Oh, should we go over there and check out the water? And, Saw so just like led her right near it, but just like acting like, oh, I don't know what. And then she, she, oh, daddy, daddy, look. Oh, I think it's a treasure map. And then we opened it and we followed the map and then we discovered it and it was full of, um, I put chocolate money inside in the end, a pirate flag, which, I, you know, in the end, she didn't want on her bedroom wall because she thought it was too scary. Um, and yeah, she still, she still talks about it to this day and it's been a few, probably what, a year, two years since then. Love it. So I advise anyone that wants to get some parent points, especially dads, should do this. But don't use a plastic. 
uh, treasure chest. All right, so I'll just ask. <laughs> that means he's got to dig deeper into that pocket. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Bax. Enjoy. Brilliant. Thank no you. Worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs>